everyday people, this is your host C.B. Baker, and welcome to Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Uh, we're just coming on the heels of the um, marriage retreat, and it was a very good um, day and a half worth of information. Um, Pastor Daniels is here to, to give us a brief overview of how everything went. So welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Uh, good, good afternoon to you and to all those that are listening to us. Uh, yes, we you know we were engaged in a marriage retreat over the past uh, couple of days. It was a wonderful event. Had a lot of good participation from those that attended. A lot of good information. A lot of information was packed into a very short period of time. But I think that most of the attendants, uh, based on the feedback I received, um, that they had a wonderful time and thought the information was very helpful. And I'm looking forward to them applying some of those concepts in their daily lives so they can improve their relationships. Yes, the you know, I was telling you off air that um, that was uh, my wife couldn't make the conference, but I was there at the conference. I shot a couple of videos and everything. So please check that out on the social media for Instagram for Enoch Baptist Church and Facebook, Enoch Baptist Church. But I came back and told her the information and I kept telling her jokingly, I was like, you know what, uh, you know, pastor in there talking, you should have been here to hear this, you know, <laughs> and it was a lot of those aha moments mm-hmm. in the whole in, in the conference, even when you feel like, you know, a whole lot mm-hmm. about relationships, quote unquote relationships and how to do things and how to communicate. It's always interesting how you find a different way to do it or uh, or a different way to be able to address an issue mm-hmm. with your spouse. Yeah, you know, I think for most of us, we always assume that age and familiarity means that we have the information or the knowledge we need to make a relationship work uh, or how to, we can best communicate with our spouses. The irony of it is for most of us, we uh, generally speaking are very poor communicators in a positive fashion. We know how to communicate, but it's not always positive. Right. The, the other thing is, is that we rarely do self-evaluations of how we communicate um, because our assumption is I'm talking to you, I'm communicating to you. Right. We're talking to each other. So we don't really evaluate, you know, how effective our, communicated, our communication is for positive um, uh, communication. So I think that's one thing. I know for me personally, I, I'm always... Um, uh, I, I'm always surprised at how much I don't know. Right. You know, and so anytime I'm doing a conference, I'm still learning. Uh, I'm even learning from things I should have already known, you know, <laughs> right. because oftentimes, you know, when I'm doing a conference, I'll go back and look at some of my old textbooks. Well, as you know, as yourself from, you know, that uh, when you're in school, you don't always study to learn everything. Right. You know, oftentimes you're studying to, to get through the test. Right. And so now I find myself going back and, and really evaluating and looking through things and pulling ideas out just out of the Bible, of course, out of my textbooks, and out of real life. And I realized that there are a lot of things I thought I was applying that I'm really not applying anymore. And I think one of the key things I realize is that in, in most marriages, we tend to look at um, our relationship uh, as if it were the marriage itself. And there is a difference in how um, how my, my family is as opposed to how my relationship is. And I think right. that that really is a thing that most people don't balance very well. Yeah. One thing that, that was, I'm not going to really say shocking, but was eye-opening was the age of the people that was at the conference. I honestly thought it would be more people 
my age or younger that mm-hmm. was newly married or within, you know, young, under 10 years. Mm-hmm. But we had people in the in the marriage retreat that was, you know, 15 years plus to mm-hmm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. And to see them engaged on in the slides that she was doing and the activities and everything, trying to learn how to communicate better. And it was it was um, comforting to me mm-hmm. to see. Okay, I can relax because, you know, a lot of times you could you get that feeling when you're young in a marriage, you know, under 10 years, like, okay, am I doing things right or am I doing things wrong? But then when you see someone, a couple that's 22 years in the Mm -hmm. game, so to speak, and they're still working on communication or getting it better. And you say, you know what, I'm I can relax a little bit and take a little bit of heat off myself and say, okay, this is a growing process that basically never ends. It, it certainly is. And here, here's the reality of it, um, especially depending on your generation. Uh, if you look at generationally, um, most people by the age they reach 40 have either one or two things going for them. They've been married at least 15 years or they're on their second marriage. You know, right. either way, that's, that's kind of what you can bank on during that time frame. And so what you come to realize is if I'm on my second marriage, as I mentioned in the conference, that means that I didn't learn everything I should have learned for my first marriage. Right. If, the, if you're still on your first marriage, what you tend to think is that we already have it down pat. And so we tro- stop trying to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would venture to say that there are very few people that actually realize that the way they structure their lives is not based on improvements to their relationship, but based on improvements to the structure of their living conditions. In other Mm -hmm. words, most behaviors are based on getting houses, cars, planning for retirements, and planning for vacations, those kind of things. Few behaviors are geared to relationship building and improving relationships. Yeah. And I got that from um, when I was at the conference, the first lady was there, Debbie, your wife was there. And me and her end up talking, you know, during the breaks because we talk about uh, the relationship and the dynamics of communication. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting was to talk to someone I had a little bit of an advantage, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, because she's married to the person that's presenting. Mm-hmm. So I get the I get to find out, is he actually applying this at home? How's mm-hmm. it going on? And then she's able to give me it's like, yeah, you could do X, Y and Z. And then we have a discussion about how to do it in different ways to do it. So it was eye opening. And then you're talking to someone that's been married 20 plus years mm-hmm. and it's got the tools utilizes the tool so you can see and feel and and then also look at mm-hmm. um the result right. of it you know so and then that's really good to see and like I said I had a little bit of a cheat code cuz mm-hmm. you know I'm sitting up there with the presenter and the presenter's wife you right. know so I can see the end result and a lot of people sitting in the audience I felt like was doing it hoping for the end result but not necessarily being able to see the end result. Mm-hmm. So how can we as people, uh, pastor, in a, in a relationship, where can we look to or what do we look forward to or look towards, us to say, to be able to give us that motivation to say, that's the end result of where I'm trying to get our relationship to? Well, let me, let me 
uh, a foundation. And I, and I get your question. It's a very good question. Let me put it back at you in a, in a slightly different way. And the gotcha. reason why I say that is this, is that it is very difficult for a person to look at anyone's marriage and conclude that that is the model I want to build. Right. Simply because we all have different uh, lifestyles. And so my lifestyle determines the um, tools that I use, the goals that I try to reach. You know, my wife's lifestyle is different from my lifestyle, dramatically different. And probably your lifestyle is different from my lifestyle. And so, you know, you, you using the tools that I use may get you a extremely different result. Right. So let me let me just throw something out, especially for the listening audience. Is that and that's why I say the importance is relationship building. And one of the things we want to focus on is developing an intimate relationship. Because in order for me to appreciate your lifestyle, I must know you. I must really come to know who you are. And in order for me to know who you are, I must be willing to um, position myself so that you are comfortable telling me the true you, you know, we, we take down all those things that would create an environment where I'm afraid to talk openly to you. Right. So I have to be able to allow you to, to give me your fears, your anxieties, your, your hopes, your dreams and all those kind of things so I can understand you, really understand who you are and not be judgmental based on who you are. Once I can do that, I can kind of get to know what your lifestyle is like and then I can decide what my behavior is going to be like. So I'm trying to do things that will enhance our relationship, not enhance our, our, our family life or our household life, because I want that closeness, you know. And so my behavior then will mirror, mirror where I'm trying to go. And so, again, if the person's lifestyle is such that based on what the background, where they came from, that, you know, um, they, let's say, they have a controlling nature, for example. Well, two controllers don't work too well. No, no, you know, don't. just don't. And if and if mine is such that you know I'm a, I'm trying to please all the time, that may not work. So I have to look at well, how then do I make sure that my behaviors are such that they are geared toward the goals I'm trying to reach? And so if I'm trying to get to the point where I am close with my spouse so we can experience, you know, intimate, you know, intimacy all the time. That's really how I need to gear my behaviors. So my behaviors may be like, for example, I, I may sh- I may should have a goal that doesn't say I'm going to make more money. I maybe I have my goal says I'm going to listen more attentively. So when I wake up, that's the goal I have for right. that. For I'm going to listen more attentively. The open and honest, being open and honest with you, with yourself and with your spouse, that is, seems like that's a really hard task to do, which is one of the things we talked about that you talked about in the um, conference. And it was, with a, you know, basically a theme there. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways that we can do that to help each other get open and honest with one another? Well, initially, as you in- indicated, the first thing I have to be willing to do is be honest with myself. And a lot of that stems from individuals that may have somewhat lower self-esteem that they don't want to really take an honest look at themselves and see where they are, you know, within the confines of where they think other people view them or or where they think they should be. Uh, As as far as being honest with um, 
individuals in our relationship, oftentimes people find it difficult because to be open and honest leads, leaves me open to criticism. And people feel they don't like the idea of being vulnerable. So both of us have to agree that we are going to um, allow the openness and the honesty without being critical and also without being judgmental. Oftentimes people don't want to hear negative things about their situation, but in order to improve, we must be willing to accept that things are not perfect. So I, I should not be upset if my wife tells me that, for example, our sex life is not satisfying to her. Right. Because uh, if, if I get upset and I get angry, that doesn't solve the problem. What I need to be trying to do is to understand what is going on in our relationship that all of a sudden that has become an issue. Right. And not take it personal, but take it as an opportunity to improve things, to become more intimate with my spouse so that the physical now allows the mental to to uh, kind of sync with each other so that both uh, both of us can now, you know, get the true delight and enjoyment out of the intimacy and not just the physical act. Yeah. And now one thing I have experienced is when you have meetings like that, you know, discussions and your spouse brings up something. And so, but you're you know, like most men, we kind of just go with the flow kind of, you know, sometimes you're like, well, mm-hmm. I don't really have anything that's like really gets on my nerves. So then you start feeling like I need to start finding stuff that I don't like. So what do you, so, you know, sometimes you can get caught off guard. So how do you, and vice versa with man versus woman, how do we handle that part when we come to a, a marriage meeting mm-hmm. and our spouse hits us with something? I'm not going to say it's blindsiding, mm-hmm. but you don't have anything that you have an issue with because what you can ha- may have an issue with, maybe you consider it like so small mm-hmm. that it's not really that big a deal. Well, let me address it two ways. One, that one of the rules of having these marriage meetings is that you want to have them predetermined. You want the time slot to be such that there will be no interruptions from family, children, whatever. The second thing is each person needs to list what they will be discussing as a possible conflict issue ahead of time. So the only thing we discuss are those things that we have put on the table as being conflict issues. And that way no one is blindsided, so to speak. Mm -hmm. The third thing I would say is this. There is no such thing as a small conflict you know, because, you know, uh, even a small thorn in the paw of an animal will cause that animal to be crippled. Yeah. And so no matter how small it may appear today, it can grow to be a big one tomorrow. So you always want to address a conflict in the here and now and not in the past tense. Well, it happened four months ago and I didn't bring it up because, you know, you want to deal with it at the time that it happens. And in any time two people who are not experiencing the same brain say, you know, uh, we have no conflicts, it's because they're not being open and honest with each <laughs> right. other. Right. And so it's no way that I can live with you. And we have nothing that is a conflict. You know, it may be, again, it may not be a, a, a deal breaker, right. uh, but it's still, you know, something that we should resolve if you don't resolve it. You'll put it away 
and it will begin to add up. And another small issue, another small issue, another small issue before you know it, you have 10 small issues. And then when a large issue come, that issue will blow up, but you also throw the other 10 small issues on top of it. Right. So you you really want to do it as they appear on a regular basis, because there are always some issues that are areas of possible conflict. Yeah. And you want to be able to anticipate them and get them out of the way. That reminds me, I was um, talking to a couple that was a friend of of mine, and he kept saying, my wife's always mad at me because I don't, when I wash the dishes, I wash the dishes when there's only three plates in there. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't wait for it to turn into the whole thing. But and she was mad because she's washing all these dishes, but it was her turn. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how he took care of the problem when it was small. And wash, you know, wash the dishes, mm-hmm. you know, as as they well, as they done. No, you 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 made a great statement, but let's back up for a second. You said his wife still has a problem because he washes the dishes when there's a little bit in there. Right. So they still have a conflict. <laughs> right. He found a solution without understanding the true problem. Right. That's you, absolutely right. You know, now they may have kept on going by, but that don't mean that later date he might not think to himself, you know what? I don't know why she pressuring me because after all, this is me doing what I, you know, what I want to do. Right. So that, I guess that's the point I'm getting at is that sometimes we will solve a problem without really dealing with the conflict because we're not intimate enough with one another. So we can be open and honest with each other about why we're doing what we're doing. And then if if I'm the only one with the solution, then we necessarily didn't get a solution that made both people happy. Right. So any solution should always be participatory. Both people should always be involved in a solution. And both people should recognize that we both will give up a little bit, get a little bit and to make it work. And I'm, not, I'm not saying what the person did wasn't a good thing to do. I'm just saying it didn't necessarily resolve the conflict right. because there's a reason why she's upset and that was never addressed. You know, I right. mean, why is it that that bothers her that he washes <laughs> them right away? You right. know, what what is it? You know, maybe he's running a water bill up. I don't know because if yeah. you're only washing three plates, the water bill may be going up. Yeah, you know, or maybe really what she's saying is, I want some more time with you, and you're rushing to wash these dishes. And I'm wondering why you ain't spending, why you're not looking at me. You know, I, right. again, I don't, I'm just using an example, of course. Yeah. So that's why I only why I'm saying that is that, and that's true for a lot of couples, is that we bring up a solution before we really understand what the conflict is. And that's because most of us, and I, I say this in, in, in so many different um, uh, uh, venues, but people don't always catch it, is that most people don't know their spouse. Yeah. And they will even say things like this. I didn't know they would do that. Well, <laughs> th- that's because you don't know them. Right. You know, especially let's say when, you know, spouses cheat on one another. And I heard a spouse say, I couldn't believe that my spouse would cheat on me. Well, if you couldn't believe it, you don't know them. Yeah. Because if you know them, you know, they have a propensity to cheat. Right. You know, or I couldn't believe my spouse did X, Y, Z. You don't know them then. And, and so, and that's because people, generally speaking, don't always solicit open and honest feedback. Yes, you're right. And I, I remember um, same similar situation with the um, washing the dishes. 
And my wife, Sherry, God bless her heart, she, mm-hmm. she said... Um, lovely she, woman, by the way. <laughs> throw it out there. She's a lovely Yes, she woman. is lovely. <laughs> she said, CB, um, you know, it'd be nice if you wash the dishes every once in a while. I said, okay. Now, now, Pastor, mm-hmm. me and you are very logical people. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, and you're... And you're um, I think it was the computer. Mm-hmm. And me and you are computers. Mm-hmm. So I went to the dishes. I said, what's the easiest way I can do this? Mm-hmm. So I threw them in the dishwasher. Turned the dishwasher on, left out. Mm-hmm. She came back. Of course, you know, here I got to hear this. You know the stuff didn't get clean. That's why you don't use a dishwasher. I said, well, is the problem me or is the problem the dishwasher? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I hit it with logic. I was like, well, it ain't me. Right. If you got a problem, you should have a problem with the dishwasher. Right. But I understood what she was saying. Now, I will honestly say, I did this about three times. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, it ain't me. You want the dishes washed. I put them in dishwashers. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out. I've spent time trying to figure out how to get the dishes washed better mm-hmm. in a dishwasher. Right. But what she wanted me to do but never really stated it, was wash it by hand. She indirectly right. said it, but she didn't say it. Right. And that's what you mentioned about that this the week. Problem, right. She see, and, and, and even oftentimes when people express stuff, they don't necessarily express the problem. And they don't express the feeling. See, she didn't say how, because the issue is this, how does that impact her right. if the dishes are washed in a dishwasher? You know, and, and then cleanliness is not objective, it's subjective. Right. Because who determined whether or not they're clean enough? And could you not rinse them before you put them in the dishwasher? You know, and I remember, you know, uh, just piggyback on what you said, for example, I remember uh, when um, we lived in, in, in an area where we had a dishwasher, and my mother refused to let us use the dishwasher because mm-hmm. she said, if I wanted uh, the dishwasher to wash them, I wouldn't ask you to wash them. <laughs> okay. Now, right. Now, I really not, ne- never really understood why, and I wasn't going to ask her <laughs> why, because I know she wasn't soliciting open and honest communication. Right. But sometimes I wonder if people just want to see you work. Yeah. And maybe their thing is it doesn't feel like we are equally sharing the work if the dishwasher is washing them for you and I'm washing them by hand. And I don't know if that's the case with, you know, with her or, right. and I'm not saying that it was, I'm just saying it, it, it really just lends itself to people don't oftentimes express what's really going on in their head, you know, yeah. as, as to their, their motivation, their feelings, you know, regarding it and, and, and they're washing of dishes because I can tell you, um, uh, actually, if you consider the evidence uh, and if you were to take samples of dishes that have been done by hand and in the dishwasher, uh, germs, generally speaking, mm-hmm. are not uh, eradicated when you hand wash dishes. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but in a dishwasher, they are because the hot water and the detergent and the way that they, you know, are drained, you know, it, it, it's a <laughs> See, more that, sterile that's environment. That, that's that computer coming right. out. <laughs> it's a more sterile environment. And, and that's why, you know, in an operating room, you don't clean the instruments by hand. <laughs> you put them in a machine to do that's it. That's right. And so, but again, it, it's, it's how it makes people feel, apparently. And so we have to empathize because we're trying to get to, you know, what is the real cause of the conflict? Is the real cause the dishwasher? 
the machine or is the real cause how the person views right. the cleanliness you know, uh, of the uh, right. dishes when they're done. Now, what I don't mind sharing is um, for the people listening, how I was able to get around that situation mm-hmm. was I did hand wash them. But I found, I said, what can I do during this moment of me hand washing these dishes that I was going to take me 40 minutes to do mm-hmm. is I turned on something like we're doing right now. It's a podcast. And I would just listen to a podcast or listen to some nice music, right. you know, why I did the task to make it better for me. So mm-hmm. now it went from something I really did not want to do mm-hmm. the way that it was stated to me. They wanted it done. Right. Um, and made it better for me to make it more enjoyable. You know, and we've talked, uh, you've talked at the pulpit about, you know, even going to a job mm-hmm. you know, that you can't stand, but it's an attitude. Sure, you know, when you walk sure. in there, you can either can't stand to do it or want mm-hmm. to do it. Either way, it's still your choice. So I made the choice on this particular item, which is washing dishes, mm-hmm. which is to make it enjoyable. Right. And I had to find a way to do it. So that's, that's basically um, how I did it. Now, we'll say this. Pastor. I made it one day. Mm-hmm. I said, um, this will be on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, for the listeners out there, all the female listeners, when I miss a Wednesday, of course, I hear about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, but that's what, that's how me and my wife communicated. You know, you know, I told us like, okay, Wednesday, I got you, you know, and then I try to also do certain little things throughout the week to make sure it ain't like super piled up. So, but that's where that communication comes in at. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, then recognizing that um, nobody's perfect. No. And, and again, you know, I, one of the things we, you know, you, you as you, you want to always look at again is what is the problem we're trying to solve? It's just like you just, you know, um, talked about. What is the problem we're trying to solve? How does it make my, per, my, my, um, my spouse feel Currently, how will it make them feel if this solution is implemented? How does it impact me and how will it impact their relationship? And again, that's a part of that open, honest communication. You know, even if we use a dishwasher scenario, let's say that, you know, your spouse says to you, well, the first issue is how does it impact the person? How does it make them feel? And it may be, well, when you don't do an adequate job cleaning, it makes me feel like you don't treasure our health. And you don't care <laughs> right. if you get sick. Now, <laughs> right. What's the impact on our relationship? Right. Well, when you let me feel that way, I don't feel like being close to you. So now we have the impact on her. We also have the impact on a relationship. We know that if you if something isn't done in a certain way, then that's what's going to happen. Um, and, and, and so from that point, now we can look at, you know, I'm not saying your way wasn't a great way. I'm just, you know, right. taking, yeah. taking it through to give an example. And then from there, we can ask ourselves then, you know, well, if what I'm doing, because what I'm doing obviously works for me. Right. <laughs> but since it doesn't work for you, you know, what are you trying to get me to do? You know, how are we trying to make this thing happen? And so it, it could be, like you say, the solution could have been, well, she could have said, well, I want you to hand wash them. Well, you know, you, you can take a complete compromise, which is, you know, this is a complete compromise. I'm going to hand wash. Or she could have said you should maybe if you rent some ahead of time, that way it won't have, you know, this build up or that build up or that kind right. of thing. Or maybe it is, hey, you know, 
Perhaps we need to call a repairman in and look at the dishwasher. Right. Uh, or maybe we're not using jet dry. You know, right. And, and, and other things could have been a part of the problem. Because that's what you want to get at, you know, again, so people that can understand the process, you know, as well, is how do we gauge the impact on the person? You know, how do we empathize with them understanding who they are? And how do we make sure that what we're doing has an impact that will allow us to be closer at the end of the day. Because it, it, the, the result is not just the act, but how does it impact our relationship? It right. always has to be the focus. How does it impact our relationship? Because I can have a clean house and have a distant relationship. Yeah, I can have a 4,000 square foot home, have a distant relationship. I can have brand new cars and have a distant relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and I've and what's crazy is I've actually heard people say um, that their spouse came to me, came came to them and said, um, "I don't care how many girlfriends you have, as long as I have a new car in the front yard or yeah. or a diamond necklace, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I, I don't care." You know, and the person was like, "Well, why am I even?" You know, it was like, "Why am I even married to you then, mm-hmm. if if that's all it is to you?" Right. And and that's why the, the marriage retreat, the focus was on um, not having a great marriage, but having a great relationship. Right. Because marriage can be defined in several ways. Actually, it really is just defined as one man and one woman united for life. But just because we are married and have that union don't mean we have a great relationship. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. To me, that's the key is if, if uh, and that's what the marriage retreat was all about. And that's the key um, to having joy is if, if we're going to be in this thing together, how can we have a great relationship? Not how can we have a great marriage? Every mm-hmm. morning I should wake up and that should be my goal. My goal should be to have a great relationship, not just to have a great marriage. Sounds good. So, uh, Pastor, um, what is the what did you what's your feedback from the the group that was there? I, I know I had a great time. You know, it was uh, some of the stories I heard from the couples there was just amazing and, and everything. But I want what's your feedback on how everything went? I think every couple that I talked to seemed to have had a good time, you know, and they they rated, you know, everything as well, you know, as outstanding and, and pretty much everyone enjoyed it. Um, I, I, for me, I, I think that the crucial thing, as with any 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 time you get some new tools, is to make them practical and applicable to, to your life. I think most people um, have a hard time t- making that first step, and that's going to be the key thing for everybody. And that first step is that open and honest relationship. I cannot um, um, say that uh, too much. And I think people really don't understand how important that is, that the, the, the concept of living in the here and now and not in the yesterday but having open, honest communication about possible conflicts at the time they occur and expressing feelings, not just facts. Uh, we already understand the facts, but I need to know how you feel. And if, and if we can get to that point, if the, those participants can walk away and start to do that, they're on the road to, to, to the richest relationship they have ever experienced. It, it's hard if all the, if, if we've been together for 25 years if in 25 years I have not been satisfied sexually, it is hard now to say, mm-hmm. hey, by the way, this just isn't cutting it for me. Right. Because now people are going to wonder. And that's the hard part. It is hard to tell a person after 15 years, 
that I didn't trust you all this time. Right. Or that I thought you was a liar all this time. Right. Or I never did like your mama. And it's been 20 years and I never <laughs> told you that. Right. But but that's got to be the start. A lot of great information given during the um, marriage retreat and during this podcast. Thank you, uh, Dr. Daniels, for giving us a brief overview and review of the marriage retreat and hope to see everyone next year because you will get a lot of great information. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.